You are listening to New Life the Fort. We pray that this season, you take possession of every good gift God has prepared for you. Mark 11, 22 to 24. Mark 11, 22 to 24. Jesus speaking says, have faith in God. That's how it begins. Have faith in God. Verse 23 says, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Well, Father, that's our expectation. The things that we have asked when we pray, we believe that we receive and we believe that we have them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Today's the day that you will receive what it is that you're believing for. Does that mean a manifestation may happen? Yes, it might. In fact, I'm going to expect that. I'm going to expect a manifestation of my believing. I'm going to expect a manifestation of your believing so that you can actually say, well, actually to the people around you, see, I told you. Wouldn't you like to tell that to your friends? See, I told you. Because the world will constantly tell you what you believe is not true. You keep saying it, you keep saying it, but it's not happening. Well, I don't need it to happen to know that I've received it. Really, the manifestation and demonstration is for the people. I just know that when the time is right, God will give it to me. Because God will not give me anything that's going to destroy me. And I know God will not give you anything that will destroy you. Because he's a good father that way. That's how much he loves you. Now, if he wasn't a good father, he'd probably say, well, here, take this and do whatever you want to with it. But he also knows timings to things. He knows what you can handle right now. But, of course, every single one of us has big dreams. Do you dream big? Are some of you believing to be a multimillionaire? See, most of us are going, yeah, that's exactly what I want. This is what I believe. I believe that God appoints within his body, there are people specifically called to have the millions and billions come into their hands. That's what I believe. Does that mean nobody else can have them? No, I believe that they can have them too. But so many of us get focused on what I can get, what I can get, what I can get, the bigness of the money that I'm expecting. But see, the problem with that is you're beginning to love money more than you're loving God. Because you want what he's going to give you more than you want him. That's why when, we, when I came up here, that, that's what was big in my heart, is that I want us to have such a desire for him. Not just on a Sunday. Not just when we come to service. Because, you know, sometimes that's the expectation. Well, I'm coming to service, so I need to be expecting of God. Why do you really come here? What do you want to receive from God? What word do you need to hear that is going to help you get through your week? What is the word that you're going to stand on so that no matter how big the challenge that comes your way this week, you will not be moved? And you will continue to remember, my God is not a liar. He is faithful to me. What is it that you come here ready to receive? 
That's what I believe this last couple of weeks has been, is putting that, that stirring up, stirring something up on the inside of you that causes us to want to receive more from him. Not just receive what's in his hand, but receive what's in his heart. Because if we begin to understand what's in his heart, then what is in his hand, we're not, there's no question that he's going to give it. But we want what's in his hand more than we want. We want what's in his heart that's then more than what is in his hand. He wants to give us what's in his hand. But he wants us to understand his heart. See, that's part of what we were reading, have faith in God. It means to trust him. That faith is that leaning of your entire human personality on him. I mean, I don't know about you, but the seats that you're sitting in are carrying all your weight. You're not carrying your weight. The chair is. And that's what our faith, our trust, our believing in God is supposed to be like. To allow him to carry the weight of our believing. Allow him to carry the weight of our dreams and our imaginations. Of what can be because he's with us. The world can tell you this is not for you. Who says? Are they the ultimate authority? No. God is. And if he put the dream in your heart, then listen to what he has to say. Not what other people are going to do and try to put you down and say, nope, that's not for you. Why can't it be for me? Why can't it be for you? Because you don't have the same educational background. You don't have the same finances in your bank. You don't have the name that people will, will, will are looking for. I have the name that's above every name. I'm not just anyone. I'm the daughter of a king. And not just any king, the king. My father is the creator of the universe. That's who my father is. How about you? See, it's so important that we come into this place where we believe him extravagantly. Dare to dream big. I dare you. I challenge you. I double dare you. Dream big. What does that mean? Take the dreams that you have and go, these are too small, bigger. And God goes, they're still small. Okay, bigger. Still small, bigger. Get to that place where it's impossible for you, but it is possible for him. Get to that place. And that's what he was talking about. Have faith in God so that when you look at this mountain, you can tell it, be removed and be cast into the sea. And that not doubting in your heart. Last week we talked about what it meant to doubt. And it simply was this. To come to a place where you think you are unworthy to receive what God has done for you. That you're relying on your own efforts and your goodness to get what you're asking God for. What's the purpose of asking if you're going to be the one to fulfill it? In the natural, you and I cannot move a mountain. Maybe with technology and stuff, but it'll take a while. But he just simply says, say to the mountain. I remember this story of this lady. 
right? Be, she, she lived on the other side of the mountain, and on the other side of the mountain was a beach. She loved the ocean. And she said, Lord, I ask you to remove this mountain. And what began to happen? Every day, trucks started coming by. Because all of a sudden, people decided they wanted to build a highway between the woman and the sea. And the mountain got moved out of the way. But they never built the road. So God used what people thought was supposed to be the idea that maybe he put there. But then he said, that's not what's going to happen. Because one woman asked me to take the mountain out of the way. She didn't doubt that God could do it. I don't believe any of us doubt that God can do it. But a lot of times we doubt if he will do it. Why would we doubt God if he would do it? That's why he says, ask when you pray and believe that you receive. That's how we began this whole thing about believing that we receive. And those hindrances to receiving, the familiarity, the offense, the unbelief, and the pride. We come to services on a Sunday to be fed, to get strong. Because the world has a lot of words that they're going to tell you. They're going to tell you it can't happen, it won't happen, you're not good enough, you, 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 you can dream big, but it's not going to happen for you. I come to that place where I say, you know what, Lord, you put it in my heart, you make it happen. And because I believe you, know, you not only can, but you want to do it for me, then I receive it. Am I going to see it today? Maybe. That's part of the expectation that begins to grow. The keys to receiving is that any moment now, it will happen. Any moment now, it can happen. I love that scripture in um, Romans 8 in the message paraphrase where it talks about that as you're beginning to, as you're expecting, you just get larger. You grow larger because you just know any moment now, it's going to happen. Do you know that that's how the disciples lived? When Jesus went up into heaven, that was the confident expectation. Any moment now, Jesus is going to return. Any moment now. And because they lived with that expectation, that their attention focused on heaven, them receiving what God was doing and them being spurred into action, what happened? Miracle signs and wonders went through their hands. The same that can happen to you. Because God is not a respecter of persons. Because anyone who believes can operate that way. Anyone who, whose eyes are on Jesus, that can happen. It doesn't have to be a pastor. It doesn't have to be a worship leader. It doesn't have to be an usher. But it could be somebody sitting here today that miracles, signs, and wonders are going to happen through your hands. Because the love that God has for people is something that you begin to give out and release and begin to demonstrate. Because that's what the miracle signs and wonders are for. They're to demonstrate. Demonstrate his very heart for people. Not that he's powerful. We know he's powerful. But that he loves us.
and that he loves the people we come in contact with. Whether we think they're worthy or not, he loves them anyway. He loves them anyway. And we come to that place of not being afraid to ask because we're bold. We're confident. We ask in faith because we know the person in whom we're asking. And while we're waiting, we find ourselves being patient and persevering, pushing through, not giving up, getting to the very end. But we ask everything in accordance to his name. That's how important it is. It's like signing his name to the title deed. When you pray, it's signing his name to that title deed because he has given you permission to use his name. The last part of this scripture where it talks about, and you'll have them, is what I want us to focus on this afternoon. But not, the interesting thing is, when you read the King James, or the New King James, the words them are in italics. And that means that those words were not originally there. So it says this, believe that you receive and you will have. Because when you put a them there, most people begin to make it a, a materialistic type of asking and believing and receiving. But it begins with one place. See, God is an extravagant, lavish giver. That's just his very nature. He's just pouring out and wanting to give. And in his extravagance, he gave us something he gave, well, better to say, he gave us someone to guarantee the some things. And he gave us his very best. He gave us Jesus. He gave us Jesus, his beloved son. In Romans 8, we know this scripture, but in Romans 8, Verse 32, voice translation, it says, If he did not spare his own son, but handed him over on our account, then don't you think that he will graciously give us all things with him? But you see, the key is Jesus. Let me read it in the Passion Translation. It says, for God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. I love this. If you can get the Passion Translation, get this, print it up, stick it on your mirror, stick it in your car, just to remind yourself. Put it on your phone to remind yourself that God proved his love to you by giving you his greatest treasure. His greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And that in giving you his greatest treasure, he is not going to withhold anything from you. Anything else he has to give, he will not withhold it from you if you have his son. See, when you have the son, when you have Jesus, and we say this so often here, but it's really the truth. 
when you have Jesus, you have everything. That even when you get tired in the waiting, the Holy Spirit comes right up beside and goes, remember whose you are and remember who you have. Remember. When you remember, you won't give up. Wait a minute. I have God's greatest treasure. Not only if I have God's greatest treasure, that means I have his entire treasury. Do you realize that? It's like saying, I want what's in the vault. Well, you have the whole bank. He didn't just give you what's in the vault. He gave you the whole bank. And that bank is Christ. So what are some of the things that we're going to find ourselves having? And all of a sudden people are like, yeah, I can, because it happens to me. What am I going to get, Lord? What am I going to get? Some of the things I'm going to share with you may not seem like they're very much, but let me tell you, these will lead to the demonstrations and manifestations of what he wants to give you. And since you have the son, the Bible says that he who has the son has life. He who has the Son has life. That's 1 John 5, 12. He who has the Son has life. You and I have life. That's what he's given us, life. What's the, what's the use of having all of these things if you don't have life? And when I say life, I'm talking about the, the God kind of life. Life the way he has it. Isn't that what Jesus said? Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come that they may have life. In fact, the Amplified says that they may have and enjoy life. In abundance to the full till it overflows. What does overflowing life look like to you? It's not just joy on your face. It's not just a skip in your step. It's having your needs provided for and being able to meet the needs of others. It's walking in divine health and wholeness when everyone else seems to be getting sick. It's not being worried that you may not have money in your, in your wallet right now, but you know who's going to take care of you. This is part of what the life he's given. And we get this life in the son. Because didn't God give his only begotten son that whosoever, didn't say the rich, didn't even just say the poor. He said whosoever, that's you and me. Whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. It wasn't just have eternal life. We won't perish. These physical bodies may go one day. But the truth is that our spirit is alive unto God. This is temporary. And one day, he will, he will give us a glorified body. Lord, right now would be good. But he'll give us a glorified body because when we have the sun, we have life. Not just any type of life, abundant life. Life that we come into a place and it's just so full, it's so overflowing, it's bubbling over. 
And people want to partake of that life. They want to come into the presence of somebody who's so full of life. You and I are drawn to people who are lively. We want to be around these people because it does something to us. But the life that we carry, Jesus, brings about life, real life in others. And as we have this life in the sun, this life also helps us to live a godly life. Why? Because the life that we now live in the flesh is Jesus' life, where we allow Jesus to live in us. Jesus is the only one that knows how to live his life. You and I can try to live his life, but I'd rather let him do it. And let him use my body in doing so and saying, Lord, I'm going to go wherever you want me to. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do because I know that it's going to be good for me. In fact, it's going to be the best for me. In 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1, 2 to 4, New Living Translation, it says this. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, he has given us everything. Say everything. He has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this. See, everything you need again, here it is. When you have Jesus, you have everything. We have received all of this by coming to know him. And this knowing him is not a one-time knowing. It is a daily wanting to get closer and closer and closer, being more and more intimate with him type of knowing. And it says, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us, there's more. There's more. He has given us, Great and precious promises. See, when God gives a promise, he wants to fulfill it. That's why he gives it. Because he goes, if you believe me, you'll see it. Because I am faithful. I'm faithful to what I say to you. He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. What does that mean? You and I can live as Jesus lived when he was on the earth. <gasps> Pastor, what? Well, Jesus was never sick. He did get tired when he was ministering because he was in a physical body. But it says his divine nature as Jesus is right now. Jesus never gets tired. His eyes are ever on you. He's always listening for the sound of your voice. He's ready to perform his word. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. See, when you have the son, he gives you life. But in giving you life, he gives you his word, his promise. 
Because when he gives you his word and his promise, that means there's a confidence that rises up on the inside of you. It's called hope. A confident expectation that good is going to happen to you. That good is going to happen to you. Hebrews 10, 35 to 36 says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. When you're hopeful, when you're confident, there is a reward to it. There is something at the end of it that God wants you to receive. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. You may receive the promise. In 1 Thessalonians 2.13, in the NIV, it says, And we also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. See, when he gives you the word, the word is the one that now does the work. He is working something out in you so that he can work it out for you. So that that word can be demonstrated and manifest before your very eyes. That this is what he is giving us. Because the words that he speaks, Jesus said this. In John 6, he said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. The words that I speak to you are spirit and life because they go into our innermost being. And our spirits agree with God. You know, our spirits are always in agreement with God. Always. But we need to get our minds focused on him. We need to get our will to fall in line with where he wants to go and what he wants us to do. And we need to tell our emotions, shh. I'm not taking orders from you. You're going to follow where I'm going to go. But I feel this way. Well, you can feel that way, but that's not where we're going. We're going this way. Why? Because God said so. God already spoke something to me. And because he spoke it to me, then he'll make it come to pass. He has to. Because if he doesn't, it makes him a liar. And if it makes him a liar, then he is now subject to the father of lies. That's why God is ever true. Because he will never be subject to the father of lies. He is ever true. He doesn't go back on any promise he speaks to you. I mean, for months we, we talked about the faithfulness of God. If you need to remind yourself, praise God for technology, go back to the podcast and listen. Because the more you hear and hear and hear the word of God, what happens? The word about Jesus Christ, your faith begins to grow and it begins to get large. And you can say, Lord, I'm going to believe you for that. And, you're, and people are going, you're going to believe God for that? That's impossible. Perfect. Because he specializes in the, in the impossible. That's his specialty. So I'm going to believe for that. 
because I know I can't do it, but he can, and he will because he loves me. So that word comes alive, and the spirit comes in. And what does the spirit do? The spirit now comes in to say, I have become your guarantee that what God said to you will be. The spirit becomes our guarantee. He's the guarantee to the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. See, when you have the Son, what happens is that you have life, the Word is released, and the Holy Spirit comes in to be your constant companion, your constant help, your counselor anytime you need him to be, your advocate when the accuser comes. But he is ever-present with you to help you in time of need. The Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 2.12, in the voice, it says this. You must know that we have not received the spirit of this rebellious and broken world, world, but the spirit that comes from God so that we may experience. See, it's not just about knowing it in your head and just believing it with your heart. The Spirit of God comes in so that you can experience and comprehend the gifts that come from God. See, all good, all perfect gifts come from the Father of lights. And he has wonderful gifts and surprises made ready for you. You know, when people have a birthday, that's one of the things that I like to declare over them, is that within the day and in the weeks to come, maybe throughout this new year, that God has wonderful gifts and surprises made ready for you. See, a lot of people forget the wonderful, and then they hit surprise, and they think, oh gosh, maybe God's going to do something bad. They're wonderful surprises. They're glorious surprises that he wants each and every one of us to experience. But you see, I don't know what you're believing for. I know what I'm believing for. And maybe all of our believing are at different levels, but that's okay, because okay, God will meet us where we are. And then he'll exceed our expectations so that we can believe bigger. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He enlarges our capacity to receive. When we are so aware of him on the inside, we're like, wow, nothing is impossible for me. Why? Because I have the one who created everything. And if he created everything out of nothing, then I have nothing to worry about. Because the things that I feel that are lacking, God's going to take care of. He will be the one to add and multiply that into my life. So you have the life of God, the word of God. You have the Holy Spirit coming in. But you just don't have that. Because a lot of times we're like, yes, I know all of that, but I still feel like I've messed up. And because I've messed up, I don't think God's going to give me what I'm asking for. Anyone ever felt that way? It's okay to be honest. There are times that I feel like I've messed up big time, and the things that I've asked God for, he won't give. But then the Holy Spirit reminds me, remember what Jesus did, because it was never about you. It was about what he did at the cross. And I'm like, that's true. My punishment, the judgment, that was taken on the cross. 
and what was released to me that I have to remember that I have been given, it has been freely given to me, forgiveness and reconciliation or acceptance into his family. Forgiveness is something that has been released to you. See, when you know that you're forgiven, this is what I firmly believe, is that when you know that you're forgiven and you are so loved by God, you are not going to go out there to want to sin. Because you understand how forgiven you are. That it took him going to the cross for me to die a horrible death, to shed his blood so that I could be set free. And again, that's why the Holy Spirit will come because the accuser will tell you, you're not worthy of the gift. You're not worthy of an answer. When you ask, he's not going to give it to you. Jesus said this before he went to the cross. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Anyone who asks will receive. Anyone who seeks will find. And anyone who knocks, the door will be open. If Jesus said that before he went to the cross, then there is nothing standing in my way. Because I can ask boldly and confidently that he hears me and he loves me. And so we receive this forgiveness. In Acts 10, 43, in the Amplified, it says, To him, all the prophets testify, bear witness that everyone... Everyone who believes in him, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on him, giving himself up to him, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. See how powerful the name of Jesus is? The Bible says when you call upon his name, you shall be saved. But when you call upon his name, you actually believe in your heart. And because your heart is so full of him, your mouth cannot help but begin to confess his name. So when you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. It's not that you might be. It could happen. No, it says you shall be. It means you will be. There's nothing that is going to stop him from saving you. And that salvation is not just going to heaven. It is a saving from anything that you need on a daily basis. That salvation is a wholeness that will come in, a preservation when there's things that are happening around you that you have no control of. It's, a, it's a, a thing that will make you whole. It will make you healthy. It will make you strong. That salvation is readily available to all who believe. In Acts 26, 18, in the Amplified, it says, to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may thus receive forgiveness and release from their sins and a place and portion among those who are consecrated or set apart and purified by faith in me. See, there is a portion and a place for those that believe in him. It is a place where nothing, where everything is beginning to flow to you. A place of divine favor. A place of grace that is released to you and to me. John 1, 16, in the Amplified, it says, For out of his fullness, 
abundance. We have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another. And spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. See, out of this place of knowing that you are forgiven, that you have been reconciled, you are now part of his family, there is a grace that begins to flow. Why? Because it was never about your effort. It was never about you working so hard that you merited and deserved God's favor but that he gave it to you anyway. And in that place of divine favor, it is grace upon grace. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Spiritual gift upon spiritual gift upon spiritual gift. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing. That's how extravagant our God is in his giving that he wants us to receive and have. When you have the favor of God upon you, it becomes a magnet for things to find you. And for things to be able to be held by you and experienced by you. Grace, favor, But it causes us to take our place. I read position, remember? What is our position in Christ? Not that we're just forgiven. Not that just we're accepted by God. We are made part of his family. We are sons and daughters. But that we have been put in right standing with him. Righteous. See, that gift of of favor, that grace that begins to flow, brings about a gift of righteousness. And that gift of righteousness with the abundance of grace causes us to reign in life, the Bible says. In Romans 5:17, that's what it says, and it goes, For if by one man's offense, that was Adam, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more. Say much more. See, God is not against us having things or enjoying life. He just doesn't want those things to be the ones that will rule in our life. We are meant to rule and reign because that is what it says. Much more, those who receive, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign. Not might. It doesn't say it maybe will happen. It says they will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. He who has the Son has everything. He who has the Son has life, has the Word, has the Spirit, has been forgiven, has been accepted and reconciled into the family of God, made one with him, put into a position where they can receive this ever-flowing, abundant grace, spiritual blessing, gift upon gift, and this gift of righteousness that causes us to stand and say, you know what? He's made me right with him. There's nothing wrong with me. And if there's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with him, then it puts us in that place where we can receive anytime, anyway, what he has in store for us. Amen? 
Did you receive something this afternoon? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for each and every person in here. Every person in the cinema and every person downstairs in the fourth floor. That you cause us to understand what it truly means to have Jesus. And that we have everything with him. Because we're in him. For every dream, for every desire, for every want that your children have, your heart as a father is that you want to give it to them. But I pray that they also understand that you are making them ready for what's coming. And that expectation continues to grow until the fulfillment of the promise. That they can hold it, touch it, see it, hear it, taste it, live in it, drive in it, wear it when the time comes. Because you love to give us good things. But we're not after the gift. We want the giver. Because when we have you, there's no limit to what we can receive from you. And so I thank you for these people in the house today. Show them how much you love them and demonstrate your word this coming week in Jesus' name. Now keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. For some of you who have never received Jesus, it's not an accident that you were brought into this service. God had a plan. He wanted you to hear so that you could receive today and have his greatest treasure, his son, Jesus Christ. You may sit there and think, well, I'm not worthy to receive Jesus. None of us were. That's why we need him. But if you open up your heart today and you just simply say, Jesus, I need you, he will come right in and make you his permanent home. He will never leave you alone. So I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to just lift up your hand. And you're lifting up your hand as you saying, yes, Jesus, I'm going to receive the best gift today. And I'm going to see my life change for the better. So one, know that the Father loves you. He loves you so personally. He loves you so specifically. He's called you by name. And that's why you're here at the service. Two, he made everything so simple by putting everything in this wonderful package in his son, Jesus. And three, you raise your hand because you have need of him today. And you say, I want to receive. Thank you for your hands. You might be downstairs in the fourth floor. Thank you for your hand. This is about you and about him. Now I'm going to ask you to put your hands down. And we're going to pray with you. Like I said earlier, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you, will not, you can't help but confess it with your mouth. So we're going to pray together. All of us are going to pray with you. So repeat this after me. Jesus, Jesus. I thank you that the Father made it so simple to give me life and life abundantly as I receive you the perfect and wonderful gift 
wonderful gift of God. Of God. I receive you into my heart today. I receive you into my heart today. And I declare, and I declare that you are my Lord. That you are my Lord. And that you are my Savior. And that you are my Savior. And that you are the very life now. You are the very life, the very life now. That I live. I'm excited for what you have in store for me. And I'm going to believe for great things. Because you are with me. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com. Mm-hmm.